Hello and welcome to NL Full Time. I really enjoy this one. My name's Rob Worrell. This is the one where it's almost total focus on the FA Cup. One or two uh, matches in the North and South, but largely all our National League sides are involved um, in this round, the fourth qualifying round. Um, joining me this morning, fresh from watching one of several cup sets <laughs> at the weekend, uh, is Off The Line Blogs, Joe Pope. Yeah, hi guys, thanks for having me again. Went to a really good game yesterday, so uh, look forward to giving the lowdown on that one. And who else could we possibly want alongside us than Mr FA Cup fact file himself, Phil Annette. Good morning, Phil. Morning, Rob. Good morning, Joe. Good to be with you again. Of course, we do a lot of stuff in tandem with the wonderful non-league paper. And I think they've got the theme of it right this morning. Front page. Uh, we're recording this on, on Sunday morning, uh, listeners. Uh, shockwave um, as Giants tumble on a dramatic day of cup surprises. And staggeringly, one third of the National League teams, uh, you know, will or eight in specifically will not be taking part in the first round proper. Um, and that is uh, due to a plethora <laughs> of shocks and um, quite staggering, really, uh, you know, where to start. I, I, I kind of just want to mention Bracknell 1, Dagenham and Redbridge nil, a 94th minute winner because it was the early kickoff. It was, it was on the BBC red button and it, it looked like Dagenham and Redbridge had probably avoided a banana skin um, to take... Um, you know, to take Bracknell back, but no, a 90 plus four winner uh, and a magnificent day for Bracknell, Phil. A fantastic day for them. Uh, you know, they, they, they went through uh, four rounds last season and made it to the first round and they probably would have thought it would have been a long time before they saw those sorts of uh, cup runs, but to do it the very next season and to do it in such dramatic fashion against a club from two leagues above, I think it's a fantastic result and quite rightly, they're celebrating up down there in Bracknell. And one of the things that they might be looking forward to is maybe getting a tie against Reading because uh, that's the first time they're going to be in the first round for some time. So that the big neighbours, yeah, the big neighbours next door at the Mad, Mad Jeski or however you say it. And, and, and Joe, another point of note really for Bracknell is that they're sort of, they're, they're coming again, aren't they? Because they've, they've, they've been a successful side at their level. Um, for the last few seasons, but they've they, they've lost some very good players that have moved on, and they're doing it all again, aren't they? Absolutely, I think they lost quite a few players in the summer. Quite a few went to Slough, I believe. Um, so you know they have lost quite a few players, but as you said, they're coming again. They've recruited well in the summer, and um, yeah, I think that was perhaps the tie we looked at yesterday and thought there could be an upset given Bracknell's recent record and Dagenham's poor form. Well, I guess the majority of the ties we're going to talk about are some of those covered on the front page of the non-league paper and something that's not lost on me this morning. Uh, I was talking to a National League manager yesterday and it probably won't be too difficult to work out who it is. Um, and he said part of his team talk yesterday was, do me a favour today, get out there and make sure you're not on the front page of the national of the non-league paper tomorrow. Just be tucked away a few pages in because you've negotiated it successfully. Um We'll come on to that team and that manager in in, in due course, but um, let's let's talk about the real headliners. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to pay credence really to sides from lower down the national league that have taken scalps first, and there's three of them specifically. 
Um, Hereford took a huge scalp in Rochdale. Uh, they came through that one 1-0 one in what hasn't necessarily been a fantastic start at all to the season for, for Hereford and a bit of turbulence there as always. Um, but also uh, a couple of other games, Chester um, winning 2-0 at Hartlepool. I don't think too many people, to you, to coin a phrase and show my age, would have had that one on their coupon, Phil, would they? Um, uh, a terrific win for Chester and uh, I think something stood out for you in that one, didn't it? Well, both both Chester and Hereford have had fantastic uh, cup sets against uh, top-level uh, non-league sides. Um, uh, and to rub salt in the wounds for those two teams, Hartlepool United and uh, Rochdale, it's going to be the first time in, well, for Rochdale, 99 years and for Hartlepool, 100 years that they won't appear in the first round of the FA Cup, which uh, is quite a phenomenal stat. Despite, I know the fact that they played league football most of that time, but still, it won't uh, won't sit pretty with them. And uh, I think there's one other club, Oldham Athletic, got away with it. And I'm going to talk about that later on, but they had an even longer time period uh, since they last uh, got knocked out in the round before the first round. But yeah, for Hartlepool United and uh, Rochdale, it's uh, it's not a good day. Not at all. And, and, and a total coincidence that I managed to group those two together. Uh, so lovely link there for you, Phil. Um, let's come on to another one that I want to talk to you both about. It's the game that you were at, Joe. Um, and we'll come to Phil's kind of stats about that in a minute. But uh, Yeovil. Going well, flying high at the top of the National League South, coming again, really, uh, under their new ownership. A lot more settled there this season. And they took on South End, and uh, you've got a vested interest, really, in both clubs. Yeovil, because you live there, and South End, because you played close attention on your blog to all the happenings at South End. Just, just talk us through, through that one from your perspective yesterday. Yeah, um, a really good game. And I said to you before the game, actually, Rob, that I thought there could be an upset uh, yesterday, given the form that Yeovil are in. Um, and yeah, it was 2-0 win for Yeovil. Um, they were they did have to ride their luck at times. Southend had a lot of the ball. Couldn't quite uh, work the opportunities for Harry Cardwell, who's been in such blistering form this season. Um, but yeah, Yeovil took the lead. If you were if you were late inside Hewish Park, you'd have missed the first goal, but within the first minute, Jake Wannell smashed the volley in from the edge of the area off the post. And then Yeovil, a little bit against the run of play, managed to get a second, a lovely bit of play from Jordan Young as he ran virtually the length of the pitch and then dinked it over the keeper. Um, he was sublime yesterday. And uh, I caught up with uh, South End manager Kevin Mayer after the game. Kev, obviously disappointing afternoon to go out of the cup. Um, what are your general thoughts after that? Yeah, obviously disappointed. Um, I think conceding the goal so early obviously gives them a lift and you know got something to defend. Um, and even though we dominated the game and dominated the ball, we couldn't find that breakthrough um, to get back on level terms. And once you know the game, you're chasing the game. Uh, you're always susceptible to a counter attack, and you know they got that. And it, even you know we're still trying to, to find a way. We just couldn't find a way through. And is that the disappointment? The fact you had so much of the ball and you just couldn't quite find that pass. Lots of times yeah. you got in down the right through Gus Scott Morris, but the final ball just was lacking a little bit. Yeah, listen, like the final ball, the final shot, that final little final pass before the goal, we just couldn't get off. And you know a couple of chances we did have just wouldn't go in. And yeah, that's the frustrating thing because you look at you know how much you have of the ball. Um, it becomes more difficult, you know, the longer the game goes because there's more bodies in front and to get through. And you know, it, it, it will credit to them they're in good form, you know, and winning games. So 
yeah, disappointed. But you know, it, it sums up the difficult period that we're in, player-wise and, and player availability. And you talked about that. Obviously, you had a small squad and a stretch squad again today. To then lose Dan Mooney, what were you yeah. thinking then to have to withdraw him? I know it's typical of everything that's going on at the minute. And you know, we, we played Dan even though he hasn't done much training. Um, so yeah, it was another sub we had to use, and even though I thought the young lad had done come on and done well and showed loads of energy, um, but yeah, it wasn't to be. But the uh, one positive you can take from this afternoon is uh, two debuts for two youngsters, uh, Bo McDonald and Ronnie Blake. Um, just a word for those two. Yeah, you know, obviously Bo came on probably earlier than he thought or we thought he would, but I thought he'd done ever so well, especially second half, start the second half when he was landing on second balls and and joining the attack. And Ronnie, it was nice to get him on, you know, to get his debut at least um, and show us all the good work that people in the, uh, you've seen in the academy have done. And obviously you would have liked to have got through to the first round of the FA Cup, but after the week or so that the club's had off the field, is that more important actually going forward? Um, yeah, listen, I try and I want to win every game we go into. And yeah, it's always going to be the, the most important things that, that take over. We need it and we need it quick and as soon as possible to be able to work normally. Um, but, you know, hopefully that does get done and, you know, we can, we can get to work properly. That was Kev Mayer, and, and, and good that he, he he still spoke to you as promised after the game, despite the defeat, Joe. And just proving their listeners that we don't necessarily tag ourselves onto the glory stories. Um, of course, the bigger picture is a decent one for Southend right now, and they'll look forward, I'm sure, to you know just steady in the ship, and 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 when they can, when the new ownership comes in, starting to uh, strengthen their squad. Um, Talking of the need to strengthen it, I mean, they, they scraped a squad together yesterday, Joe, but um, another two debuts for youngsters. Yeah, well, they only had, uh, they only had 14 players yesterday. Obviously, you're allowed seven subs in the FA Cup. They only named three. One of those was Nathan Ralph, who, by all accounts, speaking to Kevin Mayer, said would only have lasted 10 minutes. And then the other two players, both of whom who came on, were both 16-year-old lads, Bo McDonald and Ronnie Blake, uh, both given an opportunity. Um, the FA allowed them to include two youngsters from their academy system. Um, and Bo McDonald got more than he would have hoped for as Dan Mooney got injured uh, in the first half of Southend to make it even worse for them. Um, so, yeah, uh, nice to, to get two debuts for two young players there. Um, but, yeah, as Kevin Mayer said in his piece, they really need to be able to just add players now because their squad is becoming really stretched. It's quite remarkable how they've continued. I, I would have genuinely thought the law of averages would suggest there'd be a couple of games in which Southend had taken a big a pummel in because they, they didn't have the quality they were able to get on the pitch. It's an outstanding effort from them physically, mentally, all the background staff, um, and uh, yeah, just on that on that tie overall, Phil, uh, what stood out for you stat wise in terms of uh, Yeovil beating Southend two 0 Well, it, it already was the uh, most common tie of the round. They'd met three times before, and uh, Yeovil have now made it three wins out of four in FA Cup meetings. But the the, the big stat for Yeovil, I mean, they are the, the non-league side that really make all the stats in the FA Cup, and uh, this, even though they're now at uh, step two. They continue to do so. And this season, they've qualified for the first round for a record 53rd time as a non-league wow. side. And uh, it's just phenomenal that they just seem to have, um, synonymously with the FA Cup, some positivity and always seem to make it through. And they already hold the record for most 
uh, league scouts as a non-league side. So they'll be looking to try and extend that record too. One team this season that have, have flipped around what normally happens is FC Halifax Town. They're normally a little bit of a soft touch on the road and, and quite good at the Shea, but it, the, the stats have flipped. They're, they're sat just uh, one point outside the playoffs in the National League, so they've been in decent form overall. But uh, they were taken out 1-0 uh, at the Shea by Marine on Saturday. Of course, Marine, you know, not one of the National League sides either. So that's a really big scout for them um, from a couple of divisions down and um, and winning at the uh, Shea. Um, in terms of... Uh, in terms of shocks and differentials in leagues, I know, Phil, you never really count current league positions, do you? But in terms of steps between sides, um, was Marine winning at Halifax the biggest shock yesterday or was it Horsham beating Dorkham, which we're going to come on to? Well, I, I personally think it's uh, Marine winning away from home. I mean, two steps above is uh, is always challenging. We know they had that fantastic run only three years ago when they ended up playing Tottenham. And, but the other thing, too, that a lot of Marine fans will know is that they beat Halifax Town back in 1992 in the FA Cup. So they won 4-1 that day. So they've now made a quite remarkable double against uh, the Shaman, winning both against Halifax and against FC Halifax Town in the FA Cup. So well done to them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joe, let's switch our attention to that uh, awful day for Dorking Wanderers. They're, they're known as the, the gunslingers, aren't they? They love taking a scalp themselves. Oddly enough, they've not always been the best cup side over the years and um, and, and, and it's starting to become um, annoying now, I think, for Mark White that they just can't make the first round proper of the FA Cup. You know, you'd have put them as as strong favourites, probably their best chance ever to make it yesterday, Joe. And, and yeah, of course, there, it was a, a big banana skin. The, the two clubs know each other well. The managers know each other well. They're good mates. And, 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 and Mark White, didn't fancy that tie the minute it came out and, and, and sadly for him and Wanderers, his players didn't either, did they? No, and I think, um, you know, speaking to a couple of the fans after, I think one of them said even if they got a bye to the first round one year, they'd still find a way not to get through. Um, <laughs> you know, their, their recent record is just uh, ridiculous and I think Mark White didn't pull the punches again in his interview after saying that they perhaps weren't up for it and didn't play well enough. Um, and yeah, Horsham managed to get through a goal for Dan Ajakai and a second from uh, a former goal that I've seen, Shamir Fenelon. He had a new, different name back then. That's how long ago he played for Torquay. Um, but uh, yeah, um, really good win for them. And for, as you said, Mark, when the draw came out, Mark White would have been fearing the worst because it's against one of his best mates in football. Um, and uh, yeah, for the, him... To, to be knocked out against one of his good mates and see that awful run continue, Phil. Um, that was a really disappointing day. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, you, as you said, you might have expected them this season to make the first round, but that's the third successive season now. They've uh, failed to get through and be knocked out in the fourth quarterfinal. So, yeah, that, will their day ever come is the question. Absolutely. Let's get on to some really gallant efforts then. Um from uh, sides lower than others, mostly within the National League system. Uh, and I've got to start. I can't possibly start anywhere else other than Danny Scopes, uh, Averley. First of all, they had a hard enough tie as it was taking on Dean Brennan's high-flying Barnet side. Um, and, uh, well, let's just paint the picture. They're coming into the final moments. They've had two players sent off, Averley. They're 2-1 down and hanging in there for dear life. And with nine men on the pitch, they went and scored 
uh, a late equaliser to earn themselves a replay at the Hive. Um, quite staggering there, uh, Phil. Um, I don't know much about Avely's record in the uh, in the FA Cup, but they're now a National League team on merits, and they certainly made a statement with that result. Yeah, it was a real good standout result and great performance. Yeah, they don't have a, a brilliant record in the FA Cup. They have been in the first round before, uh, but it's been quite a while since they did so. And uh, that would have um, been a big scalp if they'd have taken on that and a, and a fantastic result for them. But, you know, there's a no, never say die attitude that the FA Cup breeds in people. And, uh, you know, they love the competition and they want to stay in it for as long as they can. And even when they're perhaps against the wall, they still find a way of producing something. There was no inkling at all of that result on the cards when Barnett roared into a 2-0 lead thanks to uh, Harry Pritchard who hasn't been as prolific this season as last but uh, he got goals in the fourth and 19 minutes Rush pulled one back for Avery just before half time but I've got to throw to you Joe because you wax lyrical about this player and he did it again in the 90th minute John Benton yeah, well, it's um, he's such a good player. Um, I think probably one that Southam would have liked to keep if they had been in a position to do so. Um, it was interesting, given that I was at Yeovil Southend, that Southend's uh, p- uh, media people had a big vested interest in that game. Both goal scorers for Avely are former uh, Southend Academy products. Um, and, you know, when they said that they'd scored an equaliser, I could have put money on who it would have been uh, because John Benson's been in brilliant form this season. Um, so, yeah, really, really good day for them and they get another chance at the Hive. Yeah, and uh, I have to say this morning and, and yesterday when I saw what was going on, I did feel for Scotty Davis's slough. Twice they dared to take the lead at Ebbsfleet. Goals from Bayliss and John Goddard. Um, you're talking about the odds on people scoring. There wasn't odds on, on both the uh, Ebbsfleet goals coming from the same player who was on the opposition side. Uh, shout out, sadly, for Rohan Luther, who scored both own goals that got uh, Ebbsfleet uh, a draw and a replay at Slough in the week. Um, Phil, I don't think you keep stats, particularly on goal scorers or own goal scorers, do you? But uh, that's a staggering one, isn't it? Yeah, you don't get many occasions when a player scores more than one own goal in a game. So very disappointing for him as well, uh, for the club, because obviously that would have been a fantastic win for them. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot you can do. But again, another chance at home. So that should be a, a, an opportunity for them to maybe uh, get the reward that they think they might deserve. And many years ago, of course, Phil, you and I will remember probably before Joe was born, but a very famous FA Cup final in which someone scored at both ends. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple of FA Cup finals, but 1981 is an example of one, and 87 is another, um, where players have scored at both ends uh, in the Cup final itself. Looking at the other sides from lower down in the National League that earned themselves replays, Hemel uh, were very robust against uh, Woking. They'll have to go to the Lathwaite in the week to replay that, but uh, with Woking's current home form, uh, they might quite fancy that. Um, and a word to for Scarborough, although perhaps the plaudits ought to go to Oxford City for equalising very, very late in that one. That one was also a draw. Uh, goals from uh, Mulhern and uh, Tia um, for Scarborough. But uh, 90 plus eight, uh, Oxford City's equaliser. And I, I wasn't across all of these, Phil, but that might well have been the... Uh, the latest goal that earned a replay, wasn't it? I think it was, uh, yeah. And also frustrating for Scarborough, who've now got to go all the way down to Oxford in a midweek game. 
probably passing Chelmsford in their way up. They certainly up, haven't. Up to Whitby for another midweek long journey. Yeah, you've gone early on that one. I was going to come to that one, but no worries. That's fine. Yeah, we'll talk about that one in just a minute. But um, also, uh, Needham Market, who are really starting to forge um, a bit of a cup reputation, aren't they, Phil? Uh, scalp in the last round, and they went up to, uh, to York City. And you would have fancied the uh, richly assembled York City squad to come through in that one. But uh, uh, Needham Market getting a draw. I mean, Joe, uh, a word for Needham Market and, um, and for York City. Who've been going much better in the league? That's a bit of a blip. They won't. They won't really fancy that trip midweek, will they? To Needham Market? No, and I think you know they would have even given Needham's good recent form in the cup competitions. Neil Lardy would have seen that as one where they should have really got through um, without the need for a replay. But you know, credit to Needham. They went to York, and especially with someone like Depot Akinyemi up front for York, um, to uh, for them to come away from York. Still in the hat is one thing to keep him quiet uh, and get a clean sheet. Another, so uh, yeah, really good performance in them. And who knows now they're at home, you know, nice uh, replay on home soil. Who could uh, they could knock York out? You never know, that's for sure. Um, any comment on Needham Market's recent record in, in in the cups at all, Phil? Anything there we need to consider? Not really anything other than that they've had a fantastic time in recent times, particularly that FA Trophy runner a year or so ago. Uh, but yeah, they are proving very resilient in cup competitions and uh, they'll, they'll give York a very good game uh, in midweek. All right, we're finally going to get well into the cup ties now, but we're going to get to a little group now in which I've, I've entitled Smooth Passage and uh, uh, for National League clubs. And, and I've got five in that category and I've I'm quite excited that my two ball shots in that category because they very rarely are. Um, the shots came through um, what even at times in the game was a, a tricky. They eventually uh, dispatched Lewis by four goals to one. The game was a lot closer than the scoreline suggests, but uh, it was a hat-trick for Swiss striker Lauren Tolage, who's building a reputation for his left foot, which uh, he used for goals number one and two. But uh, a creative uh, squirmed finish, as I called it in commentary, in the 90th minute sealed the deal on his hat-trick and the shot's passage through against Lewis. And then one for our producer, Luke Edwards, who loves nothing more than a big win with totally different goal scorers. Luke, I'll give you uh, Banks, Brig, Oldacre, Palmer and Naylor. Four of those goals in the second half for Chesterfield as they put five past Kettering I'm going to come to you on this one, Phil, and uh, I know you've got a stat or two lined up, but one of the things I'm pretty sure of, Kettering, historically one of the highest scorers in the FA Cup, aren't they? They were they were sadly denied by Chesterfield on Saturday. Yeah, they were. It was uh, the biggest win of the round, 5-0. Uh, and uh, Kettering, yes, they are the current top scorers in the FA Cup over the whole history. They scored 912 goals. They're two goals ahead of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, so they've netted three times this season to regain that lead, um, but they would have hoped, obviously, to extend it. Um, for Chesterfield, I mean, this is a, a great win, but uh, for me, for being a bit of a stato on these things, it's only the second time they've played Kettering in the FA Cup, or the second time they've been drawn together, and the last time was 123 years ago, so they've had to wait 123 years to avenge a 2-1 defeat against Kettering in the competition. Wow, that's a, an, another staggering one and, and one that we couldn't possibly have hoped to grasp without you joining us, Phil. That's for sure. 
Um, Solihull Moors will be grateful to be in the smooth passage department because it wasn't looking that way early on when uh, um, Biggleswade got themselves level just before half-time after a Brogan goal. But uh, Jack Stevens, uh, the second of three hat-trick goal scorers, I believe, in the uh, FA Cup fourth qualifying round yesterday. Goals in the 49th, 66th uh, and a penalty, 90-plus-1 saw Solihull Moors through. And I think you had something on that one as well, Phil? Well, it's a, it is a great result for Solihull Moors to come through as they were behind, but uh, they've now made it into the first round proper for eight successive seasons. And uh, that's pretty uh, impressive for any club at any time, um, particularly in these times where clubs that tend to do well in the cup from non-league go on to league football sooner or later. Um, they've still got a way to go before they get the record of consecutive appearances in the first and that's held by Hereford United who put together 17 successive campaigns to uh, get into the first round and one culminating with the, the the victory over Newcastle that everybody remembers from the FA Cup so but it's still you know they, they if they don't get promoted to the Football League and uh, they continue in the FA Cup as they have done they may well knock on the door of that record. So we mentioned that Tolladge's hat-trick was completed in 90 minutes and Jack Stevens' hat-trick was completed on 90 plus one. And the other hat-trick goal scorer also got his third on 90 plus one. And that was Toby Show Silver, uh, Joe, for Maidenhead, uh, who he got his hat-trick away at Western Supermare. Um, and that is one game that I think a few people might have fancied a shock in yesterday, but it didn't happen. No, I, I, I did expect or think that there could be a shock in that one. Um, Western Supermare haven't been totally brilliant in the league, but they, they've got some quality in their squad. Um, and yeah, I, you know, Maidenhead, Alan Devonshire, um, he does it and he just keeps finding a way. And that would have been, you know, I expect the message to his players would have been just get the job done. You know, nothing fancy, just get it done. And, you know, Toby shows silver. Alan Devish has said at the start of the season that he's going to be the main man for him this year after Emil Aqua departed in the summer. And he hasn't been so far this season. But uh, a hat-trick will certainly help his cause um, and uh, routine passage for them in the end. Now, Gateshead have been described last season certainly as there's not, uh, you know, playing like Notts County. Um, and uh, at least once somebody's talked about them being the Manchester City of non-league as well. Um, but uh, Stourbridge kept them out for almost an hour yesterday. Ultimately, though, a couple of goals from Luke Hannon. I don't know if he had a chance in 90 plus one, but if he did, he didn't take it. He got a brace. McBride got the other in the 85th minute. And Gateshead came through smoothly as well. So, uh, uh, progression to the... First round proper for them as well. A um, couple of other categories really left to cover. Made hard work of it is the next one. Uh, and I'm going to uh, award that one to the following clubs. Borehamwood, 1-0 uh, against Welling, an 86-minute Tyrone Marsh. How often is that guy the saviour for Borehamwood? Um, and another 1-0 home win between a National League side and one from the tier below, Phil. Uh, I think you said to me, nothing too much to write home about it, but you were at the Silver Lake yesterday to witness Eastley 1 Dover nil. I was indeed, and I was looking forward to a repeat of the last time the two clubs met in the FA Cup, which was an eight-goal thriller, 1-5-3 by uh, uh, Eastley, but that wasn't to be, unfortunately. It was uh, a relatively dull game, almost at times looking like a training match. Um, Eastley were definitely the, the, the upper team and the better team throughout and deserved to win. 
and they could have had a couple more goals that they hit the woodwork a, a few times, but uh, they left it to about the hour mark before putting a, a, a move together that resulted in, in the, the final winning goal. Uh, nothing more surprising, though, during the game, apart from some uh, a player from uh, the Dover side getting sent off uh, with a straight red. You know, nothing had happened all match, and then suddenly uh, a, a, a vicious challenge or, or an a badly timed challenge, and he saw straight red. And that was basically the end of the game as a, as a contest, really. Well, around about the hour mark at Mill Farm, it was looking uh, tricky for AFC Far. They were one all uh, against Leek Town with uh, Apuku equalising Ustabasi's opener. But in the end, goals from uh, Graham and Davis in the final 20 minutes saw AFC Far through in that one. And I may be a little bit harsh on Kidderminster putting them in the made hard work of it category. But to, to be fair uh, to them, they got their third consecutive win, two in the National League and now one in the FA Cup as well, thanks to a double, uh, Joe, from Ashley Hemmings, who uh, they probably would have expected a bit more from this season, but they'll be grateful for progression, another clean sheet and a third win on the trot for uh, Russ Penn's men. Yeah, they're in good form um, and they'll be really pleased to get through to the first round of the FA Cup. Um, you know, in Ashley Hemmings, he's had to play a slightly different role this season deeper at times uh, in that more fluid midfield. But yeah, he's certainly a player that we know is capable of quality. And I actually remember uh, Ashley Hemmings winning us, winning Torquay United a penalty uh, back along uh, in the FA Cup as Torquay knocked out Walsall uh, in a cup set years ago uh, when he was on loan from Wolves. So uh, yeah, another two goals for him in the competition. One of the biggest attendances in the FA Cup fourth qualifying round was at Altrincham uh, on Saturday. A quite staggering 3,874. That really did catch my eye. Sadly for Altrincham, who've been in terrific form of late, they succumbed in that one. It looked like it was heading for a replay, but a McGee goal uh, with 11 minutes to go saw Oldham through in that one. And another game that ended up a little bit closer than it looked for a while was Bromley at home to Wealdstone, where Bromley raced into uh, a three-goal lead. Uh, goals from Kirk and Cheek in the first 20 minutes and then Crowhouse on 32. But they took the foot off the pedal. Max Kretschmar pulled one back. And when Nathan Ferguson scored 90-plus two, there would have been some squeaky, squeaky bottoms at uh, Hayes Lane. But uh, Bromley came through that one in the end. Um, there was also uh, all National League ties, uh, one from the north, one from the south. In the north, Curzon Ashton saw off Tamworth 1-0, and uh, thanks to a goal from Kenyon. Um, and in the other one, Phil, uh, Worthing against Bath. Just talk to us about how that one went. Well, a couple of things about that game. Worthing, I think, came through uh, the tie. It's the first time that, that the club has made it to the first round proper uh, this century, last being so in the 1999-2000 season. So it's amazing how far back it is since they managed to get that far. Um, but the, the more notable uh, stat as a consequence of that game is that Bath City have now have the unwanted record of the uh, most times a club has exited the FA Cup in the fourth qualifying round, having now gone out at this stage of the competition 32 times. Wow, that is a staggering one. As for Worthing, well, uh, Luke and Dickie wouldn't forgive me for saying that they are definitely in the cash now. Uh, cash man with both goals in the uh, 
in the 50th and the 54th minute to uh, earn a, a money spinning, uh, potential money spinning first round proper type for Worthing. Um, that pretty much rounds things up from the FA Cup chaps, in, in, unless you've got any other stories or any other business. I am impressed, Rob, because you managed to get through all of that and didn't even mention Torquay. So that's absolutely fine with me. Do you know what? I don't know how I've managed to do that, Joe. I've literally ticked off every game here that we've covered and crossed out the ones that didn't involve National League clubs. And anyone would think I deliberately left this till last, but I can't honestly say that I did. Last week, the two sides met in the National League South and uh, Maidstone prevailed. What happened at Plainmore on Saturday, Joe? Maidstone getting through against Torquay. And in fairness, you know, I, I call it straight. And Torquay, bowl accounts, were the better team, but couldn't find a way through. And as for the first goal that they conceded, I mean, Christmas has come early, I think, for Levi Amanchi. Absolutely gift-wrapped and on a silver platter for him. Uh, an absolutely awful uh, mishap at the back between goalkeeper Mark Housedead and defender Sean Donnellan as either of them ran into each other and allowed Levi Manchi to just tap into an open net. I mean, that's when you, when you luck's out, you luck's out. Um, and Levi Manchi got the second for Maidstone um, to cap a really good week for him after winning the Player of the Month for the National League South. He got the second um, and he didn't have a chance in the 91st minute either. So, uh, good win for them. <laughs> now, I know we talk about things potentially turn a little toxic at Torquay. Joe, and we do talk about the situation there with Gary Johnson a lot. Let's just flip this one round. Uh, you know, we talk about good managers, lucky managers, etc. I don't suppose George Ellacobi over the last year or so has felt like a lucky manager as his team has, you know, he, he, you know, he, he, a gallant effort to, to try and, you know, help them avoid relegation that, that didn't succeed and, and, and budget cuts and, and everything else. But he's really starting to cut his teeth now at management level and, He's starting to turn heads with what he's doing at Maidstone because they're fourth in the National League South uh, and they've now come through uh, games in successive weeks against a very experienced manager in, in Gary Johnson. Um, just talk to us about the job that George Ellacobi's doing at, uh, at Maidstone. Yeah, a really good job. Um, I wasn't sure going into the start of the season, but he's quite quickly shown that he's more than capable um, and they're playing really well at the moment. You know, as you say, to go to Torquay two weeks running, win both games, get into the FA Cup first round and keep a clean sheet in both games. The second of which when they had to, you know, fight it out and get a, a win against the odds there when they perhaps didn't play at their best. Um, tells you everything you need to know. You know, typical of George Ellacobi that his teams fight and battle, you know, firing them on all cylinders in the league and has just got them into the first round proper of the FA Cup as well. So, um, yeah, he's doing a really good job and quickly showing that he's uh, a decent manager. Now, just finally on the uh, FA Cup, uh, before we get accused of omitting them, Braintree and Chelmsford fans, yes, we're well aware your teams are still in the FA Cup and they'll be in the hat in Sunday afternoon's draw, which will actually take place before this podcast comes out. Braintree were held nil-nil at home by Chesham, so they'll have to replay in the week. And uh, probably the most eye-catching replay of the week and the one that was probably the most dreaded, Phil, uh, Chelmsford 2, Whitby 2, and without doubt, the longest journey of uh, Tuesday evening. 
will be Chelmsford trip up to Whitby. What's wrong with a trip up to the seaside midweek? I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, particularly in a, in a balmy October day, that shouldn't be any trouble at all. But as I said earlier, they get, they'll be they'll be uh, passing the Scarborough players on their way back down to Oxford as they uh, head up on Tuesday evening. So two clubs there with long, long journeys. Yeah, and York, of course, down to Needham Market is is quite yeah. a long journey as well. There's a couple of cracking replays lined up. I've got plans. Otherwise, I'd probably go and take a look at Barnet against Avely. Uh, and, of course, uh, a big night for Slough Town as they uh, bring Ebbsfleet. Of course, who they competed against in the National League South last year. But Ebbsfleet are now uh, a scalp. And a scalp that Scotty, Scotty Davis will, will fancy. One other tie we didn't cover, if we're going to be... Uh, we're going to throw a blanket across the whole lot. Um, and it was another shock and another exit for a National League North side, Joe. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, Boston United, uh, they're out of the cup as they lost to Worksop. And that's certainly one that I thought would be uh, or could be a shock, at least. Um, it was a cracking game. Uh, twice Worksop took the lead in the 13th and 48th minutes. But Boston managed to uh, come back at them quite quickly twice. Two minutes after both goals, they got two equalisers in the 15th and 50th minutes before the home side got a red card, Hamza Ben-Sharif. Um, but it was the home side that managed to uh, to get through. Terry Hawkridge, a name that uh, we've seen before on the pod, uh, he got the winning penalty to put Boston out. And um, I think a little stat of my own, I believe that's the eighth time that Boston have gone out of the competition to lower-ranked sides in recent years. So, um, yeah, a good win for, for Worksop. Wow, if you keep up with stats like that, Joe, we won't need Phil Annette anymore. Um, I didn't introduce the fourth guest on the podcast this morning. Perhaps you can do that now, Phil, uh, as you're, as you're, as you're holding, uh, holding a, feline, a member of the feline family. Yeah, he's been with me actually all the way through. This is uh, Blaze. He's uh, one of two siblings that we inherited about uh, nine or ten months ago. And he's been trying to get on camera and on, on involved in the blog uh, throughout the whole session. And uh, so I finally decided I had to pick him up. Stop well, yeah. don't, leave, don't leave us hanging, Phil. If that one's Blaze, is the other one called Glory? Or? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. We didn't have that kind of matchup. <laughs> no. no, the other one is uh, known as Harley. So they're both they're both named for their markings. Blazer, ah, fantastic! As a blaze, you can see obviously nobody on the podcast can, but that's why he's. Well, there, there you go. A little bit of an exclusive for the NL full time listeners. Phil, thank you as ever on FA Cup weekend for joining us. Your insight is uh, a pleasure, uh, and uh, just a reminder where people can see uh, your full stat pack for the whole round and the replays eventually as well. Yeah, no, it's uh, fantastic to join you guys as well. I do enjoy uh, talking all things FA Cup with uh, you guys with the National League bent to it. But you can see all my uh, analysis of the fourth qualifying round on my Twitter feed at FA Cup Fact File. Or you might know it as X now, but uh, I'll still call it Twitter forever in a day, I think. <laughs> You're not the only one, Phil. Take good care of yourself and we look forward to catching up with you again as the FA Cup progresses. Cheers, my friends. Cheers, Joe. Good to talk to you, mate. Cheers. See you later. All right, we're going to take a look at the uh, fixtures that were played in the National League North and South now. Exercise. It doesn't have to mean lycra or a fancy gym membership. A regular brisk 10-minute walk is a great way to get more active. 
Picking up the pace and getting your heart pumping can make a real difference to your health. To see how much you're doing and how you can fit more into your day, download the free Active 10 app. Better health. Let's do this. Joe, uh, a staggering 12 National League North sides were able to uh, get themselves fixtures uh, on uh, Saturday and, and, and half of that number in the National League South. Uh, let's start with the North. And, uh, um, well, whilst Tamworth, who are top of the league, were progressing uh, in the FA Cup, there were opportunities for one or two other teams to try and close the gap on them. Uh, South Shield played away at uh, Warrington and they got away with a point, but not the three they would have wanted to take them to the top of the league. Yeah, exactly. I think they would have been disappointed not to come away with three points. Um, Warrington dismissed um, to, dam- to 10 men after just a single minute. Uh, White getting a red card um, and Briggs put South Shields in front before Paul Blackett uh, doubled their lead after a quarter of an hour. And you would assume 10 men uh, against 10 men, 2-0 up, it would be plain sailing from there. But it wasn't for Warrington. And it's credit to Warrington that they managed to dig out a draw, as they have done for most of this season. Isaac Buckley-Ricketts uh, getting a goal back before D- Elliot Duggan uh, got the equaliser for them with quarter of an hour to play. And, uh, yeah, really good um, point there for Warrington when it looked like they were going to get none. Yeah, Spennymore Town also had the opportunity to go to the top of the National League North table uh, on Saturday, but they couldn't do so. In fairness, their tie was a tricky one uh, away at Brackley Town. had just fallen away a little bit of late, but they come right back into the promotion picture with a 3-1 win, Joe. Yeah, um, really good win for them. And uh, it was the Dans that uh, managed to do it for Brackley. Dan Turner uh, got two goals in the opening quarter of an hour to put them uh, 2-0 in front. And then Danny Newton got a third for Brackley inside the first half an hour. Um, as for Spendermore, not a weekend where we actually don't have a Glenn Taylor goal. Uh, that's a rarity. Um, but they did manage to pull a goal back uh, just after the uh, restart through Rob Ramshaw. He got a goal to reduce the arrears, but it wasn't to be in a good win for Brackley. Yeah, Blythe Spartans, um, they uh, they crept into seventh place on 19 points thanks to a 3-0 home win. Devadix, Shaw and Maine were the main men uh, for Blythe on Saturday. And uh, one result that caught my eye, Joe, uh, albeit very late, Peterborough Sports, who've had a wretched month or so, haven't they? Including exit from the uh, FA Cup. Uh, finding themselves in the bottom four in the National League North, but they got themselves a very, very key three points late on on Saturday. Yeah, if if they're going to stay in the National League North this season, then that's the sort of games that they would look at and think they've got to get three points from. Um, and they did. Um, a player that we've talked about on the pod before that I'm a real big fan of in Josh McCammon. He scored yeah. with five minutes to play. And then they rounded up the... Uh, the game and managed to get a second through Kane Felix, who recently returned from Darlington. Uh, he's a really, really good player. And he got, I believe, his first after rejoining them uh, to make sure of uh, all three points. That leaves two games, both of which had crowds of 1,300. It was 1,327 at Southport as they beat Gloucester City by two goals to one. Holmes put Southport ahead. Williams equalised for Gloucester and Flowers came up with uh, the goods 
in the 90th minute, a late winner for Southport, which lifts them to the fringe of the playoff picture. And in the other game, there was 1,337 as Darlington, desperately trying to get off the foot of the division, failed to do so against the Kings Lynn side, for who Josh Barrett is still there and still doing bits, Joe. Yeah, um, I hear on the grapevine, speaking to my mate who's a Kings Lynn fan, that I believe Tommy Winchington did want Josh Barrett to come on loan. Uh, but he'll be thankful that, or at least Kings Lynn will be thankful that he hasn't gone out on loan. Uh, he scored two goals for them, uh, first in the first minute and then a second uh, after Darlington had uh, equalised through Jacob Hazel. Uh, Kings Lynn did have to see out the f- final couple of minutes with only 10 men as uh, Adam Crother got sent off for a second ball of offence. Um, but uh, yeah, for Kings Lynn, a really good win and a much needed win for Adam Lakeland. Um, he's not had the easiest of starts. As for Darlington, um, after the lofty heights of last season, where it looked like they could get promoted, um, I think this is going to be the season where they get relegated. Um, really struggling. Just the three games then in the National League South at the uh, lower end of the table, Weymouth and Tunbridge had to be content with a point a piece. Both of those sides remain in positions just above the relegation zone. Uh, Farnborough uh, got two, a 2-1 win against St Albans and also leapfrogged them in the table. Uh, both goals for Farnborough in the first half in response to a Giorgio Rasulo goal in the opening minute for St Albans. So a good turnaround there for Farnborough. But uh, the match of the day in the National League South, and we don't have the official photographer with us this uh, you know this weekend to talk about it but i'm sure it would have been uh, a very excited uh, tom lang uh, that saw uh, gray's 93rd minute winner for hampton and richmond borough what looks an absolute cracker joe yeah absolutely um hampton haven't started the season very well down near the relegation places and dartford are way off the pace uh, for promotion as they would have been hoping for. Um, Hampton got in front 2-0. Um, Dean Inman with another header from a corner um, and Isaac Pitt-Blaudo, uh, formerly of Kings uh, Queen's Park Rangers, uh, to put them 2-0 in front. And uh, Mel Gwinnett would have probably been thinking happy days, but then uh, it wasn't so after the restart. Um, two goals for Dartford within two minutes, first from Harvey Bradbury uh, and the second from Joash Nimbard. Uh, to put make it two all. Um, ben Seymour added uh, what is a rare goal for him this season. He's not had a couple, so he's not had many. Uh, he got uh, them back in front from the spot before a brilliant goal from Lewis Manor. Saw that on Twitter. A lovely uh, acrobatic flick over the goalkeeper. Uh, but as you say, it was Gray uh, that scored uh, the goal for Hampton and Richmond. And how apt that he was the match winner, because I believe he scored a NFA Cup winning goal as well, formerly in his uh, earlier years of his career. So, uh, good win for, for Hampton Region, Richmond and much needed as well. Yeah, we talked about their poor start to the season, but they're now set bang kind of mid-table, just four points off the playoff zone. So, it's still that stage of the season where if you can put three wins together back-to-back, you really will rise a number of places up the league. Uh, it's been enjoyable as ever this week hosting the NL full-time podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, why not to subscribe via your favourite podcasting platform? And then at whatever time 
Luke works his magic and does the production. It'll come straight to your inbox. Um, Joe, thank you for joining us uh, once again. Yeah, thank you. Great to be on. Back, of course, to National League action next week. But we will, of course, look back to those midweek replays uh, in the FA Cup. We'll speak to you all again next weekend. Have a great footballing week, everyone. Play the theme tune, Luke.